Welcome to episode 31 of the Fasting Well podcast. Today, I want to talk about high blood pressure. Super common. So let's talk about where it comes from, what causes it, typical treatments, and how fasting and nutrition can be used as a treatment for high blood pressure, why it helps, and kind of how to do it. So for any new listeners, I'm a PA, which is similar to a doctor, and I've spent a ton of time learning and researching about fasting and using it myself and helping other people use it to improve their health. So high blood pressure. So I've talked about this before, for example, in episode three, where I was talking about benefits of intermittent fasting. I think that was one of the benefits that I listed is that it can help with high blood pressure. Um, Also, when I was talking about the benefits of extended fasting in episode 12. Also, I think when Dr. Bickman was on the show in episode 18, uh, we talked about high blood pressure a little bit. Um, So it comes up a lot, but I haven't done an episode dedicated to it until now. It's probably worth it because it's super common. So for example, it's estimated about half of adults in the United States have hypertension, which is the fancy word for high blood pressure. And of those people, which is a huge number, right? Millions and millions of people, about a quarter of them, about 25% of of them have it, quote, under control. And of course, a lot of those people are using medications, which have side effects, etc., which we'll talk about more. Um, So having it under control doesn't always mean that you're in a great situation if you're taking a medication that may not be great for your health in the long run. So what causes high blood pressure? Well, uh, I'm sure there's a genetic component, but in general, the lifestyle things that are major contributors include stress, lack of sleep or poor quality sleep, lack of exercise, And then probably the biggest one, those are all significant, but probably the biggest one is diet and the type of food that we eat and how often we eat nowadays with our standard American diet leads to something called insulin resistance. That's where that hormone called insulin, uh, you end up kind of producing too much of it because of the types of food you're eating. And then your, your body says, oh, there's too much insulin. I need to turn down my response so it gets resistant. And once you have insulin resistance, you end up retaining salt, retaining water, and stuff like that. Um, So uh, we'll get into that a little bit more here in a minute. So what are some problems associated with high blood pressure? Well, it it causes a big increase in your risk of having heart attacks and other heart disease, strokes, kidney failure, so where your kidneys eventually stop working and you have to have dialysis, which is super inconvenient. And once you're on dialysis, your risk of death is way, way higher. So there are a bunch of downstream problems um, if you have high blood pressure for a long time, especially if it's uncontrolled or out of control. So something really interesting about high blood pressure that you know, most people probably don't realize is that if you go to med school or PA school and you learn about it, then, then of course they teach you that the first line of treatment is, quote, lifestyle changes, which includes improving nutrition and exercise and stuff like that. So. So that's the quote first line. But in the real world, a lot of doctors have kind of learned or decided along the way that it usually doesn't work. If they, or in other words, if they tell people, hey, go exercise more and eat healthier food, then usually when that patient comes back to their clinic, they haven't fixed their blood pressure. So then they just end up putting them on a medication when they come back. So because if you're a doctor and you do that over and over again, then after a while you're like, "Mm, I think I'm just going to skip this whole lifestyle discussion and just put them on a medication. (laughs) So that's basically what has happened. And so in many cases, you're just put on a medication right away because your medical provider 
kind of doesn't think that you're going to be able to fix it with lifestyle alone. Now, there are probably a lot of reasons for that. You know, maybe people aren't doing what the doctor told them, or maybe what the doctor told them wasn't adequate um, in terms of a way to fix their blood pressure, or, or many other related things. But that's kind of what happens in the real world. So tons and tons and tons of people are on medications for high blood pressure. And some of the common ones are diuretics, which make you pee more. That's, that's what that means. Um, but people call those water pills. Um, also, ACE inhibitors is a really common category, like lisinopril and stuff like that. So those kind of mess with your electrolytes and also kind of relax your blood vessels. And so there's a couple different, like, things in that whole pathway that happen when you take that medication. Uh, beta blockers are really common. Metoprolol is a common example. Um, so that kind of relaxes, makes, makes your heart go a little slower and not pump as hard and kind of helps relax things in general. Um, calcium channel blockers like amlodipine. Um, so those kind of open up some of the blood vessels and uh, some of them also kind of slow the heart down. Uh, and the thing about these medications is, yeah, they'll lower your blood pressure, at least if you take enough of them, uh, enough, a high enough dose or enough multiple medications in some cases. But they all have side effects, even if it doesn't make you feel crappy. Some of them might make you feel crappy. But even if it doesn't make you feel crappy, it still might be having a side effect that could be significant. And sometimes even result in you having to go to the hospital just because you're on this medication. So let me give you an example. So one time when I was working in the ER, I had this patient who, I I can't even remember why she came in actually. Um, But anyway, we checked her her blood and her sodium level was super low. That might've been why she came in. Maybe her doctor had checked it a few days earlier and it was already low. So she came in, we rechecked her level. Her sodium level was really low. So her salt level, so sodium comes from salt, right? So kind of like her salt level was low, but technically it's her sodium level. So she had hyponatremia, which is a fancy word for low sodium in your blood. So it was so low, something like 120-ish, for those people who know what that means. Um, It was so low that that she had to stay in the hospital. So she was going to need to get admitted to the hospital to slowly bring her sodium back up to normal. And um, as part of the whole medical history, I asked her, you know, are you on any medications, maybe something for high blood pressure? And lo and behold, not surprisingly, she was on a diuretic-type medication for high blood pressure. Um, I think it was hydrochlorothiazide, but this was years ago, so I might be misremembering something. But the, the point is, she basically ended up in the hospital just because she was on a high blood pressure medication. Not because of high blood pressure, but because of the medication that she was taking for it. And so think of the, the time, the costs, the potential harm of being in the hospital. There's always things that can happen, like getting some weird infection or whatever. So all of that could have been saved just by not being on that medication. Now, how would she not be on that medication? Well, if she had managed to fix it through lifestyle, right? Would have been a way not to be on that medication. So let's switch gears and talk about how fasting and nutrition and and other lifestyle changes can help with blood pressure. So first of all, let's talk about fasting. So I explained earlier, briefly, that something called insulin resistance is a major cause of high blood pressure. So insulin resistance, you end up with too much insulin in your bloodstream, generally, um, and then your body gets resistant to it. And insulin 
generally goes up when you eat a lot of sugar and carbs. So it's like the type of processed, simple sugars, simple starches, things that we eat a lot of that generally is the main underlying cause of insulin resistance. So once you have insulin resistance, insulin tells your kidneys to hold on to more salt and more water, and so your blood pressure is higher. So pretty simple mechanism. High insulin means you hold on to more salt and water, which means you have higher blood pressure. So once you start doing some fasting, you know, you start slowly, like I explained in the last episode, but once you start doing some of that, your insulin resistance is going to gradually improve, and then your kidneys won't hold on to as much salt and water. And so your blood pressure will start to go down or get closer to normal. So that's the simple explanation about how it helps. Now, that's not the only way that it helps. I listened to a podcast pretty recently where Dr. Mark Matson, who's like probably the world's leading expert on the health benefits of fasting, he's done a ton of research about it. He's a retired professor now. But um, anyway, he was explaining that intermittent fasting, like exercise, helps to lower your resting heart rate and blood pressure. So both exercise and fasting will lower your resting heart rate and your blood pressure, and they increase something called heart rate variability by increasing the parasympathetic tone. So that sounds a little jargony, but uh, parasympathetic just means the opposite of your stress response. So your fight and flight is sympathetic, and your parasympathetic is the opposite of fight and flight, which is when you're very relaxed, right? Um, So intermittent fasting does that, exercise does that. Um, it has that type of effect in addition to the the way it affects the salt and the fluid and stuff that I already explained. So it's pretty obvious that fasting can have a significant positive benefit if you have high blood pressure. Um, And then other things can help too. Sleep makes a big difference. There's certain stages of sleep where where your body is kind of helping to relax the blood vessels and get your blood pressure under control. Um, exercise I already mentioned, stress makes a big difference. So you want to like get your stress under control and try to get good quality sleep, you know, do some meditation, uh, um, get rid of some of the stressful activities that you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Also sauna definitely has some, some, some overlap with those benefits of, uh, fasting and exercise that I mentioned, like the way that it would affect things like your heart rate and blood pressure and parasympathetic tone and stuff like that. Um, as time goes on. Uh, I don't remember the exact details, but I'm pretty sure it's something along those lines. So it's very clear that fasting, nutrition, I didn't even mention nutrition, huh? So basically that's about lowering, um, reducing the amount of processed carbs that you're eating is the most important thing as it relates to blood pressure. So lowering processed carbs, you know, like the white flour, so the bread, the cereal, the pasta, the sweets, the soda, the juice, all the sugars and starches and simple carbs. The more of that you eat, probably the higher your blood pressure is going to be. The less of that you eat, the more normal your blood pressure is going to be. So that's where like a ketogenic diet comes in. And I've, t- I've explained a lot of details about that in previous episodes. You can easily find just by scrolling down um, if you want to know how to kind of get started with that as well. So any or all of these things can help a lot. And if you use a combination of these different treatments, there's a good chance you're going to fix your blood pressure. So, so let's say you, you want to do that. Let's say you want to try to fix your blood pressure so you can get off your medications or you're not on any medications and you just want to fix it so you don't have to get on to any medications. Well, um, I'd recommend you'd kind of do a combination of things, but just keep it really simple and really easy at the start. So get a really slow, easy, gradual start with fasting. And that's exactly what I talked about in the previous episode, the last episode, the most recent one, which I think is number 30. Um, so, so go back and listen to that. 
Episode four is a slightly shorter version that also explains how to start gradually. Um, So either of those would actually be fine. And as it relates to fasting, um, go ahead and get my intermittent fasting checklist if you don't have it already, because it'll kind of explain how to start and all the, the stuff to be aware of when you're starting out. And you can get that intermittent fasting checklist by going to fastingwell.com slash checklist. Fastingwell.com slash checklist. I'll put a link um, somewhere in the like the episode description and probably the show notes as well. So that should be pretty easy to find if you just tap around on your app and maybe check out the show notes on my website. So what about these other things? Well, see if you can think of some low-hanging fruit, some easy, simple steps you could take to improve your sleep quality, to do at least a little bit of exercise. It doesn't take that much. 10 minutes a day could certainly make a big difference as it relates to blood pressure. Um, also reducing your stress. Maybe you can you know, not get on social media during the three hours before bedtime or something um, would be a good way to reduce stress. <laughs> That's just one, one idea. It's a common thing that can, can be an issue. Um, you know, maybe doing the sauna once a week, um, uh, or, or some other kind of relatively easy, um, way to get started with that. So think about how you can make some small, simple improvements. And if you want to get started with fasting, go ahead and download the, the intermittent fasting checklist and listen to the previous episode. Either or both of those steps will help you get started. All right. So I hope, I hope this was helpful. I hope you can use it to improve your health. Obviously, if you're on blood pressure medication and you need to reduce the dose and stuff like that because you're going to start fasting, um, then work with your doctor to make sure you can get that figured out in a safe manner. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Fasting Well Podcast. The Fasting Well Podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.